Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. So Dan, welcome to the, the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. So I'm Dan Sherrod-Smith. I'm the founder of Mother Tree. So Mother Tree is an online platform which gives you the carbon footprint of your money. So we think it's the first of its kind, certainly the first of its kind for the UK, and we think it could well be first of its kind worldwide. But basically, if you have, let's say you have about £5,000 in a current account with Barclays, we know that that produces about two tons of carbon per year based on how Barclays are investing that money. Our mission is to, uh, is to make it really easy to choose the green option in all life choices. So not only finance and banking, but also pensions and insurance, mobile phones to go across that kind of full gamut. We've identified 30 areas where people can live greener without, you know, having to go off grid and go to those extremes. Uh, and we just want to make it really, really easy for people to, to make those options, take those options. Yes, I think that that's kind of mother tree in a nutshell. And before this, I uh, I was on the founding team of Look After My Bills. So Look After My Bills was Y Combinator back. It had the best ever deal on Dragon's Den. I think it actually remains the best ever deal in terms of um, equity to to money raised. And we grew that company from zero to 800,000 customers in about three years and successfully exited to go compare a couple of years ago which was very fun you guys are the yellow shirts we were the yellow shirts yeah with the infinity infinity symbol yeah i remember yeah the minute you said i'm sure that's the i remember that picture vividly ah, um, great. wow that's great so because uh, i was gonna ask you how you got into money tree but i can understand why because you kind of you must have made all the connections that now make money tree almost work in some respects yeah it's uh, it's mother tree i'm sorry mother tree sorry <laughs> probably my my accent Yes, so very much so. So I think in terms of how Look After My Bills worked, we basically figured out how to automate switching between energy providers. So anytime your bill went up, we'd automatically switch you to a better deal. Mm. Uh, and it's using that same that same knowledge, but applying it across multiple areas and adding that kind of green lens. So making sure everything we switch people to with Mother Tree is sustainable. So, so what drove you to do this? I mean, how, where did the idea come from? Yeah, so it, it kind of, it was definitely one that evolved. I think the motivation to be in the in the climate space has been there for a long time. And sort of after Look After My Bills got sold, I had a, well, I did the earn out. So I worked there for about a year and a half and then I had some time off. And I was originally planning to take a kind of extended leave kind of thing. And my son was four months old, so kind of looking forward to that. And within two weeks, found myself kind of diving straight back into ideas to work on in terms of how can I help with what's going on in, in terms of the climate. I didn't know what I wanted. To, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted to be in that space. And so I launched what I called the climate challenge. And basically, that was groups of kind of five to eight people each month taking on different tasks to live more sustainably. So, you know, we went vegan for the day. We got a single use plastic. We found out our carbon footprint and we looked at what our money was doing in terms of what our banks and where our banks and our pension companies put that money. 
And on those two things, people really started to take action, me included. And it's like, you know, I found out that my pension was 2% in Shell and BP and I could be vegan and ride the bike and and I am for the most part. And it's like, well, actually all that good work is kind of cut out by this pension that I haven't even touched in years going to companies that are, are sort of actively exploiting our world. So I moved my pension, people who went through that challenge moved theirs without me sort of prompting too much. And that, and that sort of was the beginning of Mother Tree, which was how can we make it really transparent what's going on with your money and also present green providers who can, who can help you in terms of making that green, but still get a decent return. And do you see, now that, you, now that you've been looking at the data, do you see a trend towards these sort of financial services becoming more and more green? I think it's quite a hard one to, to call. Um, what we've seen with the banks is there's a very, there's a huge amount of greenwashing going on uh, with the bigger banks. HSBC have been called out on that this week. There's some really good things going on. Lloyds have refused, I've put up a note last week, refusing to invest in any new oil and gas activity. They'll still continue their current investments. Which I think is a couple of billion a year, but it's, you know, it's significant, but they won't do anything new, which is good news. So I think there's an element, of, and, and it's hard to know exactly how they'll deliver that policy until you see it in action, right? So that'll be kind of six months. So it's it's a little bit opaque with the big banks. With the small banks, it's actually really interesting. There's a, there's a big movement to go fully sort of green in terms of their investments. And we've seen that with people like Triodos. We're seeing new banks coming out so treads came out last year where it's kind of fully green from everything they do even their credit card is green so i think there's a really interesting kind of change here where consumers have started to move to smaller banks and then in terms of investments on the pension side it's very very hard to call because esg at the moment is a bit of a minefield mm. it's pretty hard to know like you know is it actually green or not and so what we use and, and there are a lot springing up is, is just data a data company we're really understanding of how those uh, investments are are being how, how that money is being invested, and, and that is a really good trend. The more transparency we have, I think the more the more consumers will get in terms of yeah, we know this is green and it's doing good for the planet and also for our wallet. You mentioned the term greenwashing. What what does that mean? Yeah, so it's based tends to be a bigger company, but companies who say they're doing something green, but actually in the background they're not. And an example would be HSBC. So HSBC put out adverts about how sustainable and green they were last week, and actually they got banned because they're putting in fifteen billion a year into oil and gas. I understand. So it's 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 like money laundering, but not. Yeah, kind of green reputation laundering, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. And and the the data that you're collecting, you say using a data company, are they? I mean, is there a? I mean, is this tied to any of the sort of international like COP and those sort of mandates that countries are supposed to sign up to to reduce their their footprint? Is it linked to that in some way or or not? No, not really. Lots of the investments we actually look at and the companies we work with do think about how they invest in line with the UN sustainability goals. But it's it's not like explicitly linked in the sense of it has to be invested down that particular route. Although some of them some of them are, yeah. And then your platform, I mean, how have you built that? Is that something you've built yourself or you've you've hired someone or yeah, so we've got a brilliant 
in-house tech lead who who did the kind of coding. Um, I actually built the calculator in a spreadsheet to begin with, just to make sure it, you know, it works and it's possible to do, and it is. And then he converted that into code. We got a, a brilliant designer. Actually, my wife's a, a designer who she did the initial designs, and then a, another designer's taken it on to sort of finish the site up. But uh, we're all remote actually, which totally different to look after my bills where everything was in office so we have we're getting this really interesting really interesting view on how to run a company both in office and and remote and what have you learned through that i think that the biggest thing for me is how do you build culture when you're working remotely that's my biggest challenge is at look after my bills it was really you know you live it every single day with the same people almost by osmosis you're sort of figuring out this is how we act as a group uh, and that's been very very hard to to replicate remote at, at a remote level not impossible but you just, you just have to have a lot more of those meetings where it kind of feels slightly forced to begin with like oh here's the agenda and then you get into it and it's, it's kind of feels better but there's lots and lots of pluses like everybody now i think delivers just as good a work as they as they did but you know, we have much better work-life balances. There's no commute. I can go and go and see my son, my 18-month-old boy, and hang out with him without having to like get on a train and slug it back from central London. You know, so um, there's lots of positives as well. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, the the last couple of years, I think, in a good way, has brought everyone to the same level of understanding that that it's possible to do stuff anywhere, anytime, on on any device. And also asynchronously, you don't necessarily all have to be working at the same time for something to happen, which which is quite a mind shift, but it, it does make a big difference. And I think we will, I mean, hopefully, not only with sustainability stuff, but I think that the generation of kids that will grow up with, with their parent, both parents being around because they were able to be, will mean they're more well-balanced well and well-adjusted children uh, that become well-adjusted adults too. And hopefully, you know, we, we all benefit from that as a planet. Yeah, I mean, that would be a superb benefit. And yeah, I've definitely been able to spend more time with my son than my dad with me because he was commuting yeah. into London. So I, I hear you on that. And the, the asynchronous thing is really interesting. Like I was kind of against it at the beginning of, of this whole remote journey, uh, but it's brilliant. It saves so much time. And it, when you get it right, when it's really clear in terms of the tee up of the task, it saves like three or four meetings. Yes. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, if you can queue it up, that that you leave basically you leaving something and someone else is picking it up, and it's and it's articulated in a way that they don't have to wait for you to come back to 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 carry on, then your your efficiency gain is huge. Yeah. Uh, plus your trust gain is huge because the person taking it up feels trusted and power to do something. You know, they build confidence, they deliver a better product or an output, and it also takes the strain off you as a as a leader because you don't have to keep worrying about whether that person knows what they're doing or not, uh, which, you know, feeds your culture, definitely. So so what's your, your uptake been with, with um, Mother Tree then? I mean, if you, if you had to give me a, a sort of growth percentage or, or whatever metric you're, you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah. So we launched in June, deliberately grown slowly. I kind of have this philosophy of concentric circles, so you get it right. For a small group and then you can expand slightly and you get it right for that group and you expand and so initially it was just it was just literally my direct contacts and then since 
August, I've been pretty active on LinkedIn in terms of what's going on. And two weeks ago, we launched the first bank league table where we show, you know, from Barclays being the worst down to Triodos being the best, all of the banks in terms of how if you had a thousand pounds in the current account, how much carbon would that be producing with each bank? That got a really good uh, reception that's kind of had a, a nice sort of flow around LinkedIn after posting it and being picked up by some PR. But that's it to date. So it's all organic. Uh, only me on LinkedIn. We, we've we got about 500 customers so far, which is good. I think as an entrepreneur, I always want more, but actually it's fine. Like that's a, that's a good run rate. We're bringing in about 10, to, we're bringing up about five to 10 new people each day. And so it feels like if we put a bit of paid behind that, a bit of paid marketing, then we, we could really ramp that up quite quickly. And how are you monetizing? I don't think I actually haven't seen that anywhere. Well, yeah, so it's very similar to look after my bills. So we take a small commission from suppliers when somebody switches. Okay, so that's a good model. Yeah, what, what I would say on that is if there's a greener bank that isn't paying us commission, we'd still promote that green bank. And, you know, we'd rank it on how green they are. So we want to do what's right by the customer and the planet, as well as, uh, you know, make a profit so we can keep running this thing. Sure. Uh, and, and I suppose when you're looking at your ranking system or your rating system and, and the sort of value to the customer, not only on the, on the green side, but also potentially value that that, that product provides them, do you look at that sort of stuff? Like, I mean, you mentioned Barclays. So you know, Barclays might offer some great services that go with what they do versus maybe, I don't know, you mentioned HSBC, maybe they don't offer as good a service or as sustainable. Do you look at that kind of stuff or is it just about how green they are, the ESG stuff? It's a brilliant question. So currently on the site, it's just how green they are. Yeah. Uh, but we're developing a new service called the Green Concierge Service, which looks at it in a much more holistic way. So we take our time to understand what are your values and what's important to you yeah. alongside the, the sustainability piece. And then we go and find providers based on that. And across all of those 30 areas that I mentioned, so banking, insurance, even things like diet. And so we want to make it really, really easy on that service. You either tell us what you want and us to go and align the options that exist already out there with, with that. So we cut out, I think we cut out about 40 hours of research time and we save people on average three to, I think it might even be three and a half grand uh, with that service, but it's still in, still in beta. But I'm uh, very, very excited about where that's headed. So, so, well, so, so you mentioned saving there. I mean, that three and a half grand, is that is that just the carbon save or is it actually a tangible money? That's monetary saving, yeah, that's in your pocket saving. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't seen that. Okay. That's pretty yeah, cool. It's, it's not, we haven't published it on the site. It's, it's uh, still in beta. Sure. Um, you know, if it continues to go well, well, we'll release that into the next concentric circle. Uh, so we'll release that onto the site for other people to um, to get involved, yeah. And then are you facilitating the switch like you did with, with um, the billing platform? The the plan is to do that. Yeah. Currently, we don't. So currently, especially for financial products, we probably wouldn't ever mm. do that. It's people's money. Yeah. We But for things like energy, uh, broadband, uh, insurance, there are lots of other areas where I think it it absolutely does work and, and we would we would move into that space yeah yeah i mean if you look at the the energy situation at the moment i'm sure there's opportunities there still switching 
Well, I don't, I don't know how that's going to how that's going to play out now uh, with the cap with the caps moving higher and higher. I don't know if you know anything about that, but yes, it's probably one we keep in our back pocket for a while. the The market's pretty flat at the moment. Mm. Um, very very hard to move and get a saving at the moment. So the advice is is to is to stay tight with your current provider if you possibly can, if you've got a deal under the cap. Uh, so yeah, that'll be a product we we develop once the uh, once the market comes back. Okay. Okay. Great. And and plans for the for the next six months? Anything you want to talk about that that people should be looking out for? Yeah. Well, so the green concierge service is definitely one. Definitely keep a lookout for that. And also, we run a community called the Climate Challenge, uh, which I mentioned at the start of this call. And I've just kept it running. It's really interesting. So basically, it's now a week long, but over a week we look at the most impactful tasks in terms of reducing carbon and impact on your wallet, yeah. um, in terms of positive impact on your wallet. So we go through a week and as a group of sort of five to 10 people each time. So you get a kind of intimate group, you get support, you meet like-minded people, but you and you carve out time. It's only 30 minutes a day maximum, but you carve out time to look at the really big tasks. So that's the other thing to to look out for. That's, uh, that is live and, and on the website, yeah. Great stuff. Beyond that, anything else you want to share with anyone? Anything else you want to share? So, I mean, definitely check out mymothertree.com. That's uh, that, that's the main thing. Like, make sure you know uh, the impact of our money has has much more of a our money has much more of an impact than I think we realise. I certainly for me than I realised, uh, and for three reasons. One is if we're in a if we're in a bank that's heavily investing in fossil fuels like Barclays and HSBC, moving it out of that bank sends a really clear signal you know as long as you're clear on the service you want most banks can deliver that yeah and it's much easier to switch than ever before it takes five days the number one is we can have a tangible impact on the carbon straight away number two is it doesn't have to come at the impact to your wallet so triodos who are the greenest bank have had a better interest rate than barclays every single year they've been in market so you actually can get a bit more money by going green which is really cool and then the third thing is if you think about for me, this really clicked when I realized, like, what's the point of retiring into a world where, you know, I can't go outside because there's toxic air or it's 50 degree heat over the summer. That's not the world I want to retire into. Yeah. And so understanding where our money's going is like literally funding the businesses we're going to have in the next five to 10 years and making a decision. Actually, I, I don't want to fund, you know, oil and gas. So it might be uh, factory farming, whatever values that you choose to stand for and saying actually I prefer to live in a future where we have renewable energy and sustainable food sources and and you can make that happen through your bank and through your pension yeah um, so those are the three three big takeaways I think fantastic I think that's great and I think it's it's something that we we need to be as individuals pushing ourselves to do because it, it'll change using your ring analogy thinking about ripples on a on a on a pond if each of us does does something, that those those ripples get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, so I think it has to happen. Great. So so you mentioned your website. Anywhere else you want people to come and look? I mean, feel free to check check out my LinkedIn. It's Dan Sherrod Smith. And and yeah, I'd say those are the two the two main areas. Fantastic. Great. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, I look forward to seeing the results from people listening to this. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter 
at the DWW podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.